your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Monday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I think it's not Monday because I was already here today, so I was already in this morning. I am Rick Sola, Mark Newman, and Aaron Goggin, our city council members. They're on the FMP book uh, committee, the Finance and Personnel Committee. We're, we're going to try to do this thing once a month. Hopefully, we'll see how it goes. To to just do a little bit of a preview of the the committee meetings because this the committee meetings we we say this or I say this all the time are the place where the public needs to provide their input, right? You guys? Yeah, I think that's right, Rick. Um, because that's where we can have the uh, open forums, public hearings, and when the items come up on the agenda, it's the time for people to be able to express their um, support or opposition to the items that come before the, the committee, the JNA committee and the FMP committee. Do you think the public understands that, that when we, this is what we call committee week. So tomorrow night, well, the public uh, city plan commission met at four. So that's a pretty big committee, I think. And then the JNA judiciary and administration committee meets tomorrow at 6 PM. And then your committee meets on Thursday at 6 PM. Do you, do you think that, and then next week, Thursday is the monthly city council meeting, which in my head, if I was thinking like, Oh, I, I want to look at what the city council is doing. I want to see, I, and maybe I want to complain about something. I don't think anyone ever comes and goes, nice job, you guys. Thanks a lot. I really love this item on the agenda, and I just wanted to, to voice my opinion. You probably let them speak. Yeah, the, but, but people at the Thursday monthly city council full meeting, that's not where the public gets to provide input usually, right? There would be, need to be an exception there. So your original question was, Do the um, is the public aware that, JNA and FNP are the place they need to go to voice their concerns or, or, or committees in general or their yeah. compliments. Yeah. And I don't think that this I don't think taxpayers in lacrosse are aware of it because we see um over and over, or I have since I've come on to council, people that come to the full council meeting expecting to speak and then they're told they can't. Yes. So I am a firm believer and a firm inviter of anybody with anything to say to come to the meetings. We welcome the input. That's how we find out things. That's how we understand what's important to the community. Aaron Goggin represents District 2. Whereabouts is that, Aaron? Uh, it, it's the north side of La Crosse. And think of, like, Copeland Park, um, Harry J. Olson Senior Center, <laughs> that area. Um, and then Mark represents District 13, which is the very south side, right, Mark? Yes, we're on the south end of uh, La Crosse. What, what are fancy, what's, what's fancy in, uh, besides homes in your district? Oh, we got the Walmart. The Walmart, okay. <laughs> Everything around the Walmart. Um, all right, so first of all, are there too many? I don't know how many committees there are. Maybe you guys know off the top of your head. Are there too many committees? I know we talk about these two big ones. These are the, This is committee week. These are the two big ones, Tuesday and Thursday. But uh, is there? there's like over 20, right? Yes, there's over 20. I think there's even closer to 40 when yeah. you look at all the commissions. I was fact. doing prices right. I wanted to go low because I knew it was higher than that. And these are all opportunities for citizens to engage and be important in the legislative process or decision-making process for the, for the city. But things kind of boil down. It's kind of like a funnel. Yeah. That eventually, the, the topics that are coming to the council, they get to one of these committee meetings, either the JNA or the FNP. Okay, that is how that works. Okay. Right. And so they're bubbling down. Now, there's an opportunity to be aware of stuff coming and to participate in these other committees. And as Aaron said, it's really great for people to understand because 
the legislators, the, the council members want to know what people are thinking. And we learn that by individuals contacting us by email or by telephone calls. Or, and then also, um, if you write an email to the council members on a particular item coming in the legislative process, that gets attached as, a, as an extra um, document onto the legislative uh, agenda so that before a council meeting, I will read all of those emails that came in relative to an item so that we're is it aware of what people are, what's on their minds before we even get to the council meeting. Yeah, I was trying to, I'm trying to think of the last one where I had to search like pro and con on the agenda page. Like it just control F will search your desktop and then you see like for something and against something. And it was kind of even like a lot of people had written in letters, but I can't, I can't actually remember what I, I exactly, but you we've seen that recently where a lot of people write, have written in. Well, one good example of that is the short-term rental um, subject that's going on right now. And again, you say a lot of people write in, but when you think of the number of taxpayers that are in La Crosse, in my mind, it's not enough people right. saying what they want and, or what they don't want because I make decisions based on what constituents are saying to me. I answer every email I get. Yeah, it, I'm it, a nerd like that. This is the, the, the dilemma that we often talk about on the show is how do you guys decide when 50 people, let's just say 50, people show up for a meeting and they're for or against the thing. Well, that's only 50 people or also, wow, it's 50 people. And then does, how do you, how do you decide whether to, that would sway a decision one way or another, another, you know, because it's, it's like a very slim margin of the population. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how a lot of times there is a, a pro and con on any item. And as Aaron's saying, you know, like 50, 50, you know, half people are saying, and it's good that we get these inputs, but, um, you know, it's important to make your argument well. Um, to have clear statements and factual statements as much as possible and clear expressions of value rather than a lot of times it would be, I'm just opposed to that, and that doesn't help me. But if someone can give a clear um, enumeration of values that are at play and how they're affected by specific facts that are happening, that's the stuff that really helps us to decide where are the values that are being felt and lived and expressed by our by the members of our community. Yeah, that ha- that often happens on the show, too. 608-785-7914. We'll be talking about something, and I'll get a text. Hey, ask Mark and Aaron about this. Or, the, or you know, if we're talking about short-term rentals, ask him about this in regards to short-term rentals, something maybe I wouldn't have or you wouldn't have thought about. And uh, We did that last week with Mac and Mac, Mac Keel, Mackenzie Mandel, I, in fact, it was my question. Uh, it was it was something with the uh, AD, ADUs. Is that what they ADUs, are? Yeah. ADUs. Yes. Um, is that on your? That's not on your agenda, is it? ADUs. Not, not, not on our next, agenda. It'll be on next week. Yep. Um, but but they were like, you know, we're going to have to ask city staff about that. So uh, anyway, we can get into that in a minute. Uh, just you know how you guys you know become experts in all the things because, that end up on the agenda. But we got to take a break. We'll be back with Mark Newman and Aaron Goggin on the Lacrosse City Council in a minute. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I am Rick Solom in this. Okay, Chuck Berry, chill out. I'm Rick Solom in the studio with me, Mark Newman from District 13 and Aaron Goggin from District 2. They're the Lacrosse City Council members. You're like, what do you mean, District 2? Um, and we're talking about the Finance and Personnel Committee that meets on Thursday this week at 6 p.m. And 
It's one of the two big committees. The other committee meeting is tomorrow at 6 p.m., JNA, Judiciary and Administration Committee. Uh, we, we did a little preview with Mackenzie Mendel and Matt Keel last week, so we're going to try to do this a little bit more often. Um, and I just made you guys come in here. So, it, like, whether or not this – do you ever rank the, the agendas? Like, wow, this month – I know some are just like – but, like, in, in terms of ranking, like, this month is wow, and, and other months is like, eh. No, it, it, it happens when I pull in the parking lot, and if I see a couple of uh, media – vans out front okay. i know oh my gosh there must be something on our agenda tonight the parking lot's a little extra full or there's the, the all the media's there um and okay so in terms of this month's this week's agenda on thursday you know is it like could you give it a, a scale seven out of ten this is pretty important not that important or or you know or is it like your children none of them are your favorite you know they're all your favorites well i think you know again sounds kind of nerdy but i think they're all important because yeah. we're deciding on how to spend money and allocate money funds for the city. So I don't think that they're, they're none of it's boring or, or uninteresting so far, but uh, this week we've got stuff um, looking for, there was some remarkably good thinking by the chief of police or the chief of um, the fire department, which I found, you know, aspirational, I guess. Yeah, we can, we, there's and like interject here, Aaron, if you got or Mark, um, short-term rentals is on. You guys put that off last month, so short-term rental legislation. Uh, public way vacations. I just read that, and so just I don't know, I don't know where it, where it ranks on the thing we need to talk about. But when I read that, I'm like, I have no idea what that means. I don't know if that's is that boathouses or something. No, no, that but that's just to amend the fee for the to to propose a public way vacation. Right, I don't, and, I, and people don't understand exactly. I didn't know what. A, I didn't know what it meant. I still I don't know what it means. I but, read the whole thing. But if you're going to take away, um, like, parking on a street, you're going to vacate that. So, you know what I mean? Okay. So it's just costing more. It, we're, we're, al- we're raising Public the fees way. because we have, to, we have to pay for it to get done. Is this like when a it restaurant costs- puts a bar out on the, in a parking spot? In part. Sometimes we have an alley that's going to be taken away, you know, closed. Yeah. And so that... That property, which is right-of-way property, okay. has to be accorded to property owners, private owners. There's a lot of work that goes into making that kind of decision that our planning department's involved in, engineering department's about, involved in. They bring that to the council member, is this a good idea or not? Because once you've given up that right-of-way, it becomes a big deal to ever imagine getting it back. Is it a permanent thing? Like when we talk about this public way vaca- vacation to me is not permanent, right? Like when a crane's got to sit out on an, on the street and fix a building, is that what we're talking about? What is that? What you're you're taking about? it away. You're taking it away. And so that 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 public right of way becomes incorporated into proper private okay. property most of the time is what we're talking about. And um and so that decision is a big one. Is you know because now we have to decide what are we going to do if the, if those roads need to be reopened? You know, you might, in the extreme, have to imply eminent domain, which nobody wants to try to do to get that road back. And so um, it's a big decision. It takes a lot of work to carefully weigh it. And then at the same time, um, that, that has to be supported, and that's where the fees come from. All right. Um, and okay, so I'll just run down a couple of the other ones. Uh, a five-year lease agreement between the city and Hanky Terminals, Terminals, um, Lacrosse Beverage Marketing Lease Agreement with the Lacrosse Center. Uh, you talk about fire department radios, essentially. And there was one on training too. I don't know if those are related. Two different things. 
Uh, Northside Pool transferring funds to Erickson Pool yeah, and good. and ARPA funding. So those are some. Are, are there any other ones that like stick out? And you're like, hey, this is uh, you know, we we could probably like chat about it a little bit in this hour. Well, I think Aaron was bringing up a really um, important issue that needs to be identified. You know, when Chief Shot was able to find money to pay for our um, emergency radio system that our um, you know fire department uses. Are they updating the radios? So nope. They have to be replaced. They're, They're getting brand new radios. Brand new. Oh, okay. of them. Yep. Right. And so it's going to be like eighty thousand dollars, which is a lot. Eight, excuse me, eight hundred thousand dollars. And he's getting all of them with these setup batteries with a seven-year warranty. So think of that. Normally, someone isn't forward-thinking enough to take care of the you know buy it today and we're done buying. He's thinking about seven years. It, mm-hmm. down the way to save us money all the way down. So he, again, I just think it's remarkably smart thinking. And he put that, he, originally that was placed in capital improvements budget uh, as a capital improvements project. Um, and so we were able to find other unused funds from other projects that have been completed. The money was not, was allocated, but it wasn't completely used. And so the re- the resolution that comes to council now is that money was previously allocated. It wasn't needed to complete the project that it was attributed to. Can we take those funds, put them back together, and f- cover this project instead of paying for it as a new uh, expenditure? Uh, so that's making it basically Isn't that a good idea? <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I get it a little bit. Um, okay, so when I originally reached out and you guys said you were able to come on, I talk, I said this, uh, you know, haphazardly, but I was kind of joking. I go the the I, I'm always mixing the two the judiciary and administration committee meets tomorrow. I go that's kind of the more exciting of the committees, and yours is more nuts and bolts. I think uh, because when we talk about like tearing down the Macy's, potentially tearing down the Macy's to put a, a car wash and more parking and some restaurants, uh, everyone can kind of relate to that. But when you talk about like the chief reallocated some funding to update the radio system for the fire department. You're like, okay, well, I mean, awesome job, Chief. Uh, not really going to affect me, but not really going to affect. It's not as fun to talk about, although as, you know, like commending, you could point to something and go, well, Saving great job. Saving the city $800,000 is is great. Right. So, and that's what you're saying. You told me before the show, and, and Mark kind of said it, this is where, you called it where the rubber hits the road. I, the FAP, it deals with the city's, fi- obviously, finances and personnel. Um, so do you, is this, how, t- how tough is it to be on this committee? And, and like, you got to have some, either you got to do a lot of homework and a lot of like educating yourself or just have some background knowledge into economics, right? A little bit. Well, you know, think about it in a minute. We ask the people of our, of our town to contribute funds together. We make a, a pot for all of us together. And now we have to spend that money for the benefit of the whole community. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. That's what I called the rubber hits the road. When we make a budget, the budget is really a statement of what we think is important. It really is a statement of what our values are, where we're going to allocate funds. And this is where really the um, desire of our community is most expressed because we've surrendered our tax money and now we're expecting our local government to do some good. And it's through these avenues of deciding what's the most important expenditures and so, yes, it's true. Um, I would say that the media trucks are out in the parking lot more often for JNA. Maybe it is a little more exciting, the topics yeah. that they take on. But I think the topics that F&P take on are the ones that really matter because that's where we're taking our 
resources and allocating them for the benefit of our whole community. Yeah, this might be too general, but if I just point to two examples, so you you talk about you're reallocating $800,000 for fire department radios using taxpayer money. So the FMP is dealing with taxpayer money probably for the most part or maybe all the part. And then with the J&A committee, it's uh, deciding on, I don't know if ordinances is, are the, is the right word, but whether or not a, a city or a, a company can come in and it's kind of like other, it's like their money. Can they come in and do something to the city? I, I don't know. That's, that might be kind of a caveman way to approach it. Uh, but it's not taxpayer money, so to speak. But it's, you know, it's kind of like the, the, for the good of the city in a different way. Well, both, both committees are involved with what our values are. The JNA a lot of times gets involved with the ordinances. What are going to be the ordinances that we're going to have for our town? Yeah, zoning changes. Zoning like changes. Lot, yeah. Yep. And um, what we call... Um, Land use decisions, um, 10-year plans um, that are going to be important for how we're going to move forward in terms of making longer-term decisions. Those things go before JNA. Aaron, you got you, you haven't been on the council. Have you been on the council? I feel like you just made it was a special election, right? Or no, no, like I, w- I was I was um, elected in the spring normal election. Oh, it was. Mm-hmm. Was it just a couple months ago? Oh, yeah, yeah it was a couple months ago. Okay, so. It's a big learning curve. Yeah, I was just, well, that was my question is how do you end up on this committee? And then do you, do you volunteer for it? Do you end up like, oh, thank you, teacher, for putting me here? You know what I mean? I, well, for me, I like budgets. I like to stick to budgets. I like to make budgets. So it seemed like the right fit for me because common sense is where I kind of come from. And I look at things through the lens of is it a need for the, in, for the majority of the city, or is it a want? And who, who is it going to help? Now, if it's, I don't want to, you know. We got a minute, so don't even start. I know where you're going. <laughs> All right. We will. We'll get into the, everyone's talking about the, the, the pool legislation. Is that a good way to say that? Pool I didn't say the pool, I, there, oh, but you, there's just other things in the city where it seems to be benefiting. Oh, a certain, a certain like areas. section of the community? Yeah. It's going to help Mark's south side versus Aaron's <laughs> north side, and I don't like it. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Um, all right, we're going to take a break. Brad doing the news. Scott's comment coming up. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM, 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Having a riot here over the break with Mark Newman and Aaron Goggin talking about just, just everything under the sun, literally like trees. Uh, so... Aaron Goggin is the District 2 City Council member, and Mark Newman is the District 13. They're on the F&P committee, the Finance and Personnel Committee. Do you like it when we – when do you hate it or like it when it's the F&P committee? Is it, or do, it's a weird thing to say. Well, yeah. I mean, you could say it in a way that is suggestive. But, <laughs> but you know right, what? For sure. Um, it represents finance and personnel. And when you consider – um, where our city spends its money, our taxpayer money, more than two-thirds goes for supporting our employees, the people that provide services in all of our departments. And so that's our personnel. And finance is where we you know, struggle with making decisions and making sure that the, the expenditures are being met and being allocated appropriately as we're decided in the budget, budget process. And so those are real important things that have to happen continuously in the local government. Uh, Brad Williams from the newsroom came in here, but he I, I was talking to him. I'm like, hey, anything on this uh, agenda that you want me to ask Mark or, or Aaron? 
And then I brought up, hey, at the bottom, there's collective bargaining 2023. And then I didn't actually download this, but Brad says that's on there every month. Is there is there something is that is do you is that on there just in case? Is that uh, how that works? That is true. Um, and so every month there, there's um, the chair of the uh, FMP committee will ask the. Um, Who is that, by the way? I never um, got an Re- Rebecca Franson. Oh, okay. Doug, Doug Hoppel is the. Um, well, yeah, Doug oh, is our chair. Doug's the chair. The chair okay. of and FMP. then he'll ask the director of uh, personnel. Okay. Um, Rebecca, if there's any um, any issues that need to be updated relative okay. to um, negotiations. Um. We, so, so we got into you know how the public can talk about how, how often, what where what's the what's the best way or what, what's the most often way the public gets a hold of you and is it a lot or a little like I mean I'm sure it all depends but well I don't know what a I don't know because again this is my first yeah go around in this I don't know what a lot is but I get called at least two to three times a week about things that are going on on the north side in neighborhoods mm-hmm. can I fix it can I can I do this and I've relied a lot on um, Chief Reinhardt, Chief Schott, um, neighborhood resource officers, and even even the Park and Rec Department. They've been fantastic getting me. I look like a hero because I get things accomplished. Mm-hmm. And then some personal do, do say, those guys roll their – oh, Aaron's calling I, again. I hope they don't. I, <laughs> I'm just I kidding. hope they know how much I appreciate them. But, you know, it's, it's amazing what people will um, – what concerns people, and it's interesting to me. Mm-hmm. To know that, and I want to help them. Um, emails, calls. Do you get a, how many of those do you think you get a week? Um, I don't think I get two or three new issues. It varies. Is it about just general things, or is it about agenda? Can no, we... it's more about things that are happening in my neighborhood oh, okay. that I'm concerned about, um, and so they might reach out to me. And as a as a member of the legislative part of our government, I really don't have any power to get anything done. But as Aaron was just alluding to, I, I can have an appreciation for who in our staff is, um, you know, the one working in a particular area and make an outreach, uh, acting somewhat like just a, communi- the mid- a communicator. The middleman, so the to middle speak. The middleman. Yeah, middle woman. And I'll also... A lot of times I'll also try to help people to realize that if we go to the city website, there are avenues to make calls for service. It's right on the first page, you know, a request for service. And if there's issues with your street or if there's issues with trees or if there's, you know, whatever kind of issue, there's a whole list of like 50 or 60 different service areas that you might be interested in. You can put a request for service there. Um, you know, a lot of times people... Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, so, I know. I'm just I mean, telling I you. I don't need to use it either. I guess, well, I guess I work down here, so if I right. ever needed to... But, you know, somebody will call me, and and while I'll, and while I'll um, you know, try to get the full picture of what, what the concern is and maybe be able to, as Aaron was just saying, talking to uh, one of the uh, staff members. Uh, otherwise, I'll also, like, uh, say, well, you know, if we put in a request for service, we can have it. You know, because that liberates people to realize that they don't—they're not dependent on. You oh, know, sure. The council members. Um, okay, so what's interesting is you—you both kind of alluded to the fact that people call you because something's up when they're in your district, but people don't necessarily like call you to rant about what's on the agenda or what's on the FMP committee meeting, which means that people a don't understand, aren't looking at this, aren't maybe don't care about it, don't care enough about it, not or just or it's hard to understand. And that's always the issue I have is 
public way vacations, you know, like, oh, that just sounds like uh, houseboats or something. And I read it and I'm still not even sure. And we don't have to get into public way vacations anymore. But the terminology <laughs> on some of that stuff and the amount of things that you got to download or you could download the agenda pack, which I think is 153 pages this week. Uh, is is it's hard to you know it's layman's terms I guess is the best way to put it. You know, and I think sometimes people have a feeling that there's stuff going on that you know could be suspicious or something. They might have this just a general sort of prejudice against the um, honesty of the you know of their government. And so a lot of what we're doing is trying to say that's not the case. Even something as mundane, so to speak, of extending a lease. So the city has property that it has leased to a a company doing business and the lease runs out and it has to be extended. You know, we're not doing that under the the table or in a back room. It's right there in front of everybody. And it's like, well, that's not real interesting. You know, it's not going to get on the 10 o'clock news, but we have to do it. And when I'm sitting on the committee, a lot of times I'll be asking questions, just trying to imagine what would somebody just first thinking about this even want to know about it? And maybe I have already researched it and understood it, but I want, I want to ask a question just to say, look, this really is out in the open. It's in front of us all. We're not doing it behind doors. There is a lease agreement on the agenda, a lacrosse beverage marketing lease agreement with the lacrosse center. And that just seems like something that'll just get approved. But like, what's the process? Do other companies come in? This is like the the joke that I always make that we should, it shouldn't be the lacrosse center anymore. It should be like Midwest Family Center or the WIZM Center or somebody. We should sell the naming rights of this building to, to, to get some of this money back. I have heard you make that, that announcement on the radio before. Um, and naming rights are something, I suppose. And this is kind of it, right? This is a little bit that, right? Lacrosse Beverage Marketing Lease Agreement. I mean, it's marketing, but it's... It's $50,000 for a three-year agreement, right? But there was a, re- a request for services, an RFP. Yeah. And so and there was another uh, vendor. And, oh, there was. Okay. And, and I don't know that detail, but I, I could find it if I needed to. But, you know, I'm just trying to say that it wasn't just streamlined for, right, one, exactly. for one choice. And, um, you know, our staff uh, evaluated the people who are you know, charged with running the center, looked at the um, advantages and disadvantages, and then the economics, you know, we're getting a better deal here, and then that's the one that they bring forward to the um, to the council. And then the, there was another five-year lease agreement with the City of La Crosse and Hankey Terminals, and, I, and I, this, these things aren't important, but I'm just bringing them up. I don't know what Hankey Terminals is, or and it was a, you know, I don't, I don't even know what it's for. Something on Isle of the Plume? Well, that is that is perfect that you bring that up because I did not know. Is it what a that bus was. thing? So no, it is it is at Isle. I don't know. No, it is at Isle de Plume, and so I reached out to uh, the person that was um, in charge at Jim Flatmer, and asked him what you know what was the payment because we have a lease agreement for thirty thousand dollars, but that that has changed because of the cost of living and stuff. So what is the actual payment? And it's thirty eight thousand plus. I, I I don't have the exact you know, hundreds of dollars afterwards, but there's more money than $30,000 coming. So that's good for the public to know too, that we're, we're not just let, letting old agreements molder mm-hmm. and thinking because everything costs money. Right. So we're, we're trying to, it's actually for, um, no, I can't think of like stationing, the, stationing. Yeah. Along the river. So, right. So the river gets used for transportation of a lot of materials. And so this is, um, for the Henke uh, Corporation or company to be able to use space to station products that could be transported. And those products that, that, that can be um, 
stored or stationed in that parcel mm-hmm. are outlined in the agreement. And it was a 20-year lease 25 years ago with two five-year extensions. Um, and so this is the second five-year extension. So initially it was for, I think, $20,000. But it was, as Aaron was just saying, you know, it was continuously being increased by cost of living. And it outlines what is allowable, what, what the parcel can be used for as staging of materials, and then also how the lease is being adjusted year by year relative to the cost of living. And this would be the second allowed five-year extension if it passes. Um, and then at that point, um, there'd have to be probably some negotiations to go forward from there. That's Mark Newman. He's on the city council representing District 13. Aaron Goggin represents District 2. They're on the F&P committee, the finance and personnel committee, which meets on Thursday at 6 p.m. We're kind of previewing a little bit of that. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of the other things that are on the agenda. One that you put off for a month, uh, short-term rentals. And I don't know if it's all that important, but like, there's probably... Uh, you put it off for a month for, for a reason. So a couple other things on the agenda we might get to when we come back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. If we keep talking, Aaron, then the show will run out of time, and then the public won't be able to hear what we're talking about. Um, okay, so on the agenda for you guys, for the FMP com- uh, committee, Finance and Personnel Committee, Mark Newman and Aaron Goggin on the city council in here, is is a short-term rental uh, amendment to raise the fees from 50 to to $100. That's pretty nuts and bolts. You put it off for a month, but... Was that was that for other reasons, or why did, why would you put something off that seems like ah we're just going to raise the fee or I mean, what what was the reasoning for that? So the 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 um, ordinance that is being proposed in the JNA committee would change our approach to um, what what used to be called tourist rooming houses, and so we're I mean this is a recognized transient housing um, facility in towns in the, in the state of Wisconsin. And so instead of calling it a transient how, uh, housing establishment, that used to be a conditional use permit. What we're doing is transitioning from a CUP, a conditional use permitting process, to a licensing process. So in other words, we're not changing sort of your zoning quality. We're saying that you have a license to do this type of operation mm-hmm. if you follow all the rules which are to get your county inspection, to make sure you're paying your rooming tax, make sure you're paying your sales tax, that you are doing all of these things appropriately. Then the city clerk, if you can demonstrate that you are doing all those things, you can apply to the city clerk to get a license to operate as a short-term rental facility. And um, that work by the city clerk and by the administrative facilities of the city has to be paid for. So that's a fee. Yep. Now, normally that fee would have been $50 um, just by sort of common use in the past. And when it came before our committee last last month, we said, you know, $50 is not as much as it should be. And so we recommended that it should go to $100 per license. Uh, for, and, the, and when we did that, that became an amendment. Okay, that makes sense. Right. Okay, from what I'm hearing, though, like, correct me if I'm wrong, are you kind of, as a, as a FNP committee member – or the committee kind of working off of what J and A is doing and, and like these, because there's two different things going on with short-term rentals, right? So you kind of got to watch what they're doing and then go, okay. And also while they're doing this, we're going to be doing this with registration fees, right? 
So exactly right. I mean, if there is if this idea of providing a licensing procedure for short-term rentals does not pass the council, then it's mute to even talk about fees. Mm-hmm. But if you are going to have a license, then what's going to be the fee? So the JNA you know is preparing the discussion for whether or not we should even go to licensing. If we do decide to do that as a console, well, then the next step is, well, how much is the fee going to be to get your sure. license? Is this overtime work for you then? Because now you got to pay attention to the other committee. I'm always watching. <laughs> you got to stay up late. Erin, <laughs> what do you think? Um, I don't miss JNA meetings because they're, they do form um, some of the things that we have to do for full council. And so I, like, I like to be up to date on what's going on so, yep. I, so I can learn as much as I can. Because, again, new. I mean, uh, how much I talk about, even with Mitch, and he'll be on next week, Monday, just uh, housing in general is, is the, do you guys still feel like, I mean, he feels like that. We have this conversation all the time. Housing in general is one of the biggest priorities of the city to get, to kind of get more housing. And the short-term rental thing would be one of those, you know, deals where it would, it would, that would take away from your housing stock a little bit if we allow, um, I don't know. There's the state doesn't have a, re- a lot of regulations. We're, we're all learning on the fly with this stuff, right? A little bit. Well, and again, this is my opinion and my opinion only, but um, short-term rentals don't really enhance a neighborhood. And again, there are wonderful short-term rental owners and operators in La Crosse. I'm not saying that they're not, but there are some that are causing problems, and this is why a lot of this talk has come up. Um, what I think that the residents of La Crosse need to decide is what do they want La Crosse to look like? And, you know, the, with, when a city doesn't um, control or monitor their short-term rentals, what happens is there's less long-term rentals for people to have homes in. Right. And there's less Just housing for sale. stock. Yeah. And from, from when I started this, it, I hear about the lack of stock in the housing crisis in La Crosse all the time from, from city officials, which I am one of, I guess. But... Um, so it's it's counterintuitive to me what we're doing. Sure. So I'm wondering, like, what's the best avenue to go? And we've gotten a lot of emails about this. Mm-hmm. So it's it and it's good because some people know. I mean, they've they've given me a lot of information that will help me vote. Well, I think a lot, some people would be like, "Well, I'm doing short term rental where someone rents a room out of my house as a like Airbnb or whatever. You know, now it's going to cost me another hundred bucks, right? That's how that would work. And other people own multiple homes and they can just rent out their home for, for the weekend, you know? So there's so many different ways to, to look at it. And then do you need multiple fees? Do you need a fee for somebody that's just renting a room and I live in the house versus somebody that's renting a house and they live somewhere else? So if you're providing uh, tourist um, facilities, you know, for people who, who come to our town for a short stay, a day or two or a week, um, they're a tourist. And if you're going to provide services for them, and particularly advertise that I have a room to rent, that needs to be qualified as a tourist facility. Should be, should, we should have um, county health inspection annual. We should also make sure that we're collecting rooming, rooming tax fees and that there should be sales tax fees. All of this is a business, and even if it's just one room in your house, that falls under the licensing of a short-term rental. Okay. I don't agree with you, but that's fine. Um, all right. So, I mean, I, I do agree with you, but I, I feel like if it's a room versus a whole house, I feel like maybe the, 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 the fee should be different. No, you're, you're not 
you're not penalizing. Oh, I, I guess you're that, just you're, paying for the work that goes work, into yeah. maintaining the the license procedure. I get. It, I you get. Know, the clerk ha- clerk has people that work in that office. They have to be maintained, and um, you have to keep track of stuff. And yeah, it's okay. Just work the city has to do, and so why not make the licensee pay that work instead of having all of the taxpayers pay it out of the general fund? All right, we're we're we're, we're running out of time here. I just want to bring this up tomorrow. Is the JNA committee meeting your your meeting is on Thursday at six p.m. If people want to talk or voice their opinion, can you can you describe some of the ways that they could do that? Because this would be the week to do that. Like you got to do that either going into Thursday or come to the meeting. We invite them to come to the meeting. I mean, it's six o'clock at City Hall, JNA tomorrow night Tuesday, and then six o'clock on Thursday night F and P. And you're welcome to come to any meeting anytime. You can also um, down, go to View it, Zoom, yep. a Zoom meeting, excuse me. And, um, and again, if you want to get a hold of any of us, be sure to call your council person beforehand, and then we can bring up anything you want to talk about as well. So if I just want to voice my opinion, but I can't be there, just email one of, like, you could email the whole city council or email yep. one of you, and CC, you would, you would read council. that during the, the meeting if it's, if it's uh, not just, I, I guess, or do you have to read all of them? When you go to, no, I, I'm not sure about the question there. When, when you come to one of these uh, committee meetings, um, you will sign in if you have an intention. Well, first of all, you can just sign in and say, I'm opposed to something or I'm in support of something. 30 seconds. And then the <laughs> other thing is, if I have an opinion I would like to express publicly, you would state that in a, in a statement of form. And then that goes to the chair and the chair will go through and say, call up the name and ask you to come forward, state your name and your municipality of residence. And then you can speak for three minutes. Okay. All right, that's Mark Newman That's and Aaron Goggin on the City Council. The FNP committee meets Thursday at 6 p.m. The JNA committee meeting meets tomorrow at 6 p.m. Thank you.